Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Episode 145 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network sean st jacques back here with you for another week of knicks and nba talk i have made the move down to south florida for another year this is the third year in a row that work has taken me back down to south florida extremely excited to be back you know for those that have kept up with my career continuing to do a lot of play-by-play for soccer basketball, uh, baseball in the past, and hockey more recently. So continuing to do that. That's why I'm down here. I'm excited to be down here. Uh, Everything is all settled. Uh, I've been here for almost a week. When the podcast goes out, I'll have been down here for a week. So very excited to be here um, and continue the show. It's always fun to be down here and recording and, and doing games, doing these podcasts and and things of that nature. So I'm excited to be back, excited to continue to do this, and excited to talk more Knicks, talk more NBA playoffs this week. Not a ton else going on. I mean, March Madness finishing up. Um, the Masters is going on <laughs> right now. If we're talking the full spectrum of sports, um, you know, for those that have been following the prospects in the NCAA tournament, a crazy run for Duke, a crazier run for Carolina. And in the end, Kansas comes back from 16 down, 15 down at halftime to stun the Tar Heels in the title game and win their first national championship since 2008 when Mario Chalmers hit the big shot to beat John Calipari, Derek Rose, and Chris Douglas Roberts' Memphis Tigers team. It's a long time ago. So for those that have been keeping up with prospects, I won't go ton, a ton into NBA draft. There's too much NBA playoff stuff to talk about. We will talk Lakers. We will talk Knicks. We will talk NBA playoff matchups. All of that and more is coming up in just a second. But wanted to start really quickly just by going through a few of the prospects in the NCAA tournament. Of course, St. Peter's blew up a lot of dreams and created an underdog dream of their own. They were riding in Cinderella's uh, carriage for quite some time and got to the Elite Eight. First 15 seed ever to do it, representing my state of New Jersey. Extremely excited for them. And of course, my alma mater, Seton Hall, hiring their head coach, Gene Holloway, who's a Seton Hall alum, Seton Hall playing and coaching legend already in his own right after he was an assistant under Kevin Willard, who's now at Maryland. So very exciting times in general 
um, you know, it's times like these where you kind of you transition into the second part of, for me at least, the next part of your year where I'm traveling more and doing you know a lot more work, and you think about these things a little bit more. But as far as what you guys are thinking about, you know, prospects and things like that, we got to see a good showing from Jaden Ivy with Purdue, although they got upset by St. Peter's in the Sweet 16. A disappointing season for the Boilermakers. No uh, Big Ten championships of any kind. And only a sweet 16 run. They still have not been to a Final Four in decades. And it's another rough one. But Jaden Ivey is going to be a heck of a prospect coming into the NBA draft. Knicks will hope they get a little lucky in the lottery. Try and go up and get him. Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga. uh, They also lost to Arkansas in the sweet 16. So their tournament was cut short. Very rare nowadays. You see the, the Gonzaga Bulldogs not make it to an Elite Eight or a Final Four. Not to be this year for one of Mark Few's best teams. And uh, their season ends in disappointment. But again, Chet Holmgren will be a player on many teams' radars as well going into the NCAA tournament. Uh, Ochai Abaji from Kansas. What a tournament. He had what a tournament for the Jayhawks. I know at times it got a little bit rocky, but they did really well to kind of stem some of the tide. And uh, in the end, Kansas wins the trophy. They get to New Orleans and they lift the crown. So, and Ochai Abaji was a really big player on their run. So, it's going to be interesting to see where some of these guys fall, obviously. And, uh, We'll see where the Knicks end up. Again, I kind of want to wait till the draft lottery to see, uh, to really go through a whole show or two, you know, as far as where the Knicks should go, who's available, what can happen. I mean, Paolo Bancaro could be a potential option. Keegan Murray from Iowa is another potential player. So, but it really all comes down to where the Knicks end up. And uh, obviously for those that, that have seen, and obviously, just to be clear, lottery takes place on May 17th, so we'll have a few weeks before that happens. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit of draft here and there, but we're going to focus a lot on the NBA playoffs, even though the Knicks are not going to be in it. Um, we do want to talk quite a bit about that. You guys tend to enjoy that. So we will, we will touch on a little bit of both, but we'll start uh, with the Knicks season officially coming to an end this week, and... You can't be too surprised. Again, we talked about it, that the Knicks had a little bit of an opening to get back into things. However, they didn't take advantage of it. Knicks lost to all three of the teams that were above them in the standings. They lost to the Hornets by 11. They lost to the Cavs by 18, both at the Garden. And then they blow a 21-point lead in the third quarter to the Nets. So all three of those teams throwing Atlanta to the side of the Knicks lost to the Hawks recently by six at the garden as well. Four teams that the Knicks were close to in the NBA standings. All of them came to the garden. All of them won. You know, that to me tells me it's very clear that the Knicks don't deserve to be in the playoffs. They threw it all away in February. It's very clear. They got it back in March, but not enough of it back to make it matter in April. And, uh, that's what's disappointing. Knicks sit at 10 games under 500. They needed to be at least at two or three games below 500 to be in the mix. In the end, it wasn't to be. So the Knicks now are out. 
Uh, they play the Wizards on the night the podcast, or I should say the day the podcast comes out later that night. Um, game doesn't matter. So the Knicks are done. Uh, I, be- I forget exactly which game knocked the Knicks out. I think it was the Cleveland game uh, in particular. It was either the Hornets game or the Cleveland game. One of those two games technically knocked the Knicks out. Uh, they did win in Orlando convincingly, but these were games that the Knicks should have won earlier that uh, that caught up with them here and losing to the Hornets, Cavs, and Nets the way they did. And it really all... the, the the miracle run started to fall apart when they lost to the Hawks. They still won four in a row after that, beating the Heat, the Hornets, and the Bulls. But losing to the Hornets, losing to the Cavs, beating the Magic, but then throwing away another big lead to the Nets, who were at full strength, but it really doesn't matter. you got to finish that game off. The Knicks did not. And uh, the Knicks now know that they will not be playing any basketball after the end of the regular season. Uh, the Knicks season... Uh, is a, just a couple of games away from being completed. Uh, they play Washington, like I said, the day the podcast goes out. And then Sunday, they play the Raptors at home. Both games mean nothing, really. The Knicks can't go down as far as you know the, their lottery chances. They'll really just be going back and forth with Washington in the end. And uh, that game might decide a little bit about chances in the lottery, but it, not by much, really. So... So we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Uh, the season is done. Knicks uh, have no shot at doing anything. And they'll be watching the playoffs from home. Sad to say, but that is going to be what takes place. You know, uh, the quick post-mortem on the Knicks season. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be quick just because, you know, we have talked about this at nauseum uh, throughout the season. I'm, I'm basically regurgitating you know, things I've said back in February and things I said in March. But the bottom line is that the Knicks had a hot start to the regular season. They had some notable wins. Then they got inconsistent, starting from really December on. They, they were inconsistent for, for two months, December and January, but they were still in it. They were still in a playoff spot, you know, still or in a play-in spot for a good chunk of that stretch. And then the month of February takes place and the Knicks in the month of February won one game. They won one game in the month of February. It's not good enough. Not good enough at all. One of the worst stretches for a competitive Knicks team in recent memory, you know? So very, very frustrating. If you're a Knicks fan like myself and all of you out there, it's, it has not been an easy few months. And uh, the, the frustrating part is the Knicks started to turn it around in March and uh, went on a really nice run, a run that they really could have used in February. Because again, if the Knicks win four, five, six games in February, this season looks a lot different, in my opinion. It looks very, very different. However, uh, it's confirmed that the Knicks are out and the play-in tournament is set. In the East, it'll be, uh, well, we don't, the matchups are not set, but the teams are basically set. It's going to be Cleveland and Brooklyn in the 7-8 matchup. Winner gets uh, either the Celtics or um, the Bucks is as the two seed. What a run the Celtics have been on, although they just, they did just lose Williams for a little while. So they could be in a little bit of trouble. Uh, And then Charlotte and Atlanta fighting to see who will host that 9-10 play and the winner 
We'll get the loser of the Cleveland-Brooklyn game. Loser is out. And then the winner of that game will go to play the top-seeded Miami Heat in the first round of the playoffs. So we will see. Uh, We will see what happens in the end. The Knicks kind of threw this season away in February and never recovered. They came close, but not really close enough to make it matter down the stretch. So the Knicks season comes to a close. We await the May draft lottery. We'll wait any news that comes out after these last two games. Next week's podcast with the Knicks will be interesting. I'll be very curious to see if we get any news about movement, whether it's through the front office or the players or staff whatever the case may be, but uh, for now, uh, we'll see how they do against the Wizards, we'll see how they do against Toronto, and then it's on to next year for the New York Knicks, so it, it's it's a shame. I remember being down here in Florida at the beginning of this season. You know, that's how long it's been. You know, I remember being down here at the beginning of this season and watching the Knicks, you know, come back on opening night to beat the Celtics and in that crazy, was a double overtime game, and it, it, you know, they went on a five and one start and were inconsistent, but stayed in the playoff hunt very much in it. And then February, February just absolutely turned things the opposite way. And uh, the Knicks never recovered. So we'll see. We will see how it is moving forward for New York. But for the time being, uh, we await the draft lottery and see what the Knicks can do during the offseason to try and turn things around. As always, let me know what you think about what the Knicks should do during the offseason. You know, is this the end of Julius Randle's time as a Nick? Uh, it would be a sad way to, to end it. You know, what, what's going to be the future of a lot of guys on this uh, on this team? You know, Derek Rose, Kemba Walker, uh, Alec Burks, you know, Nerlens Noel, a, a lot of guys whose futures are very much up in the air. So we'll see. R.J. Barrett had a phenomenal finish to the season that slightly tilted positively. I think he was the bright spot of the entire season, in particular the second half, where at times the Knicks weren't very good. He still was very good. So, And at times Randall was too, but he had so many bad moments in the middle of the season on and off the court. It's hard to turn that into a positive. So again, We will wait to see what happens. The future of this team could look very, very different during this offseason. And we will await to see what goes down at Madison Square Garden. Let's move on. Uh, We'll start with the East as far as looking at the playoffs and things like that. We will talk plenty of Lakers uh, next in the second half of the show. Don't worry. Don't you worry. We've got plenty to talk about in the West. But... We'll start in the East to wrap up part one. Miami clinching the top seed in the East. The rest of it's up for grabs. Only a half game between Philly, Milwaukee, and Boston. Two through four. The Raptors are just about set in that five spot. The Bulls, who have just plummeted during these last few weeks of the season, maybe months almost of the season. It's just been a roller coaster ride for Chicago. They have clinched a play-in, sorry, pardon me, they've clinched a top six spot, but they can't really move too much. They could potentially get to the five, but very unlikely. 
Toronto is probably going to sit in that five spot. Who will they get? They could get Philly. They could get Milwaukee. They could get Boston in the first round, all up for grabs. Now, the Bulls will just stay out of the play-in, I believe. I don't think Cleveland can catch them. So the play-in is going to be most likely Cleveland and Brooklyn, although the Nets and Hawks are tied. I, I should mention that. They are tied, the Nets and the Hawks. Uh, the Nets will likely be the eight if they don't blow it here at the last few uh, games. Uh, the Hawks will likely be the nine seed, and Charlotte is essentially relegated to the ten spot. They have to be on the road. They're a game and a half back of Atlanta. Atlanta would have to throw away both games at the end. Charlotte would have to win both of them if memory serves. So I don't think that's going to happen. So I think Atlanta is likely going to be in that nine spot hosting the nine ten game unless again unless brooklyn slips up and atlanta wins out that's likely what it's going to be the top part of the eastern conference is going to be very interesting miami is the one they've recovered since losing to the knicks at home then boston milwaukee and philly whoever gets that two seed it's going to be very interesting they will likely get brooklyn you would think in all likelihood whoever gets the two will have to host the Nets in the first round. That would be very, very interesting. If you're Miami, you could get Brooklyn, but it's it's a little bit more unlikely because Brooklyn's likely going to win that first play-in game. I can't imagine you know, whether they have to go to Cleveland, host Cleveland, whatever. Even if they fall to the nine and they have to play Charlotte and then probably Atlanta or Cleveland... I still think Brooklyn's getting in. So unless they lose the first game and then win the second, Miami dodges Brooklyn in a big way. So I think they would take that right now. No question about it. I I think if I'm a Heat fan right here in South Florida, I'm taking, you know, I'm feeling good about my chances against, you know, a Cleveland and Atlanta or unlikely a Charlotte. I'd feel great. I'd be very, very confident. Even if it's Atlanta, I know sometimes it just it just it just takes the time to get in, right? Just get into the dance and see what happens. I would take Atlanta in a heartbeat if I'm Miami. They match up really well with the Hawks. And if they can play as well defensively as they've been playing and continue to spread the basketball around as they've been doing, Miami would, would take care of Atlanta very, very quickly. I don't think the Hawks the Hawks are not the same team that went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They're just not. That the team is not as deep. It really isn't as consistent either. And I don't see it winning a series. I mean, remember this too. Atlanta last year in the playoffs did very well on the road, which was unexpected, right? To a certain degree. They did so well at home. Well, they've been brought back to, to life a little bit at home this year and there's still nine games under 500 away from home they still aren't good away from atlanta so they'll be tough to beat the hawks however i i still if i'm the heat and and your your picks are the nets or atlanta i would take the hawks in a heartbeat i oh my gosh and leave leave brooklyn to the nets I'm sorry, the, the Celtics, the Bucks, or the Sixers. And by the way, 
Nets Sixers still in play potentially here. Still in play. If Philly can get to the two, things get interesting in the first round. So I feel like we are owed Nets Sixers in the first round. I don't think it's going to happen because I, I, I kind of think Boston will figure out a way to get the two seed. Or Milwaukee will. And, and I'll, to be fair, I would take Milwaukee and Brooklyn as well. I think that would be a phenomenal first-round playoff matchup. But for the time being, I mean, the, the, the perfect scenario is Nets-Sixers. And then maybe Heat-Hawks. And then after that, you know, you're looking at maybe, you know, Bulls-Bucks. Maybe Sixers-Bulls. And then either Bucks-Raptors, Sixers-Raptors. Not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Raptors are, have been playing well. They're good at home. And the Raptors, by the way, one of the best road records in the East. They're eight games over 500 in the East. The only team with a better road record than them is the, uh, is the Sixers. Sixers are 27-13 and 13 away from Philly. So it's going to be really interesting to see how all of this plays out. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see the matchups. Excited to see what is going to happen because things can get very exciting very very quickly in the east especially if the sixers get the two seed so we'll see we'll see how it all plays out we'll take a break when we come back the lakers that is all all that more is next on the shock shock Knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network yeah i saved a whole second half of the show all of the second half we're talking about the lakers maybe not all of it but a good chunk of it is gonna be about the lakers here we'll we'll talk some west we'll chop it up with some west matchups and things like that but goodness me do we have to talk about the LA Lakers? I, I, again, something we had talked about weeks ago, months ago, potentially happening with this Lakers team has occurred. The Los Angeles Lakers have lost their last seven games. They've lost eight of their last 10 and they are out. They are not going to be in the playoffs. They are not going to be in the play-in either. They are lost by 11 at Phoenix the other night. And that confirmed that LeBron, AD, Russ, and the Lakers not only are not going to be in the playoffs, they aren't even going to be in the play-in. So it's wild stuff. Wild, wild stuff. I I remember in the preseason, in the preseason, being with, you know, whether it was on this show, on Clubhouse, on multiple platforms, you know, friends asking, colleagues asking, just chopping it up with people. Where are the Lakers going to end up? And I said preseason that the Lakers, if they stayed healthy, would win the West. That was my thought. In the preseason. You're probably wondering. Well, maybe two things. You're probably thinking two things, right? One thought has got to be, well, 
sucks to suck, Sean, right? You, you really screwed that one up. And the other people are probably thinking, well, well sh- the, the people that have watched the games. When did you start to change your mind? And I was thinking about that yesterday before, uh, you know, before I did some other work down here in Florida and then getting ready for, for the show today. And I remember exactly when it was. And it started, it started early January. Early in January is when I started to kind of go, oh, they're not going to make it, are they? They're, they're just not. This Laker team is not going to win the West. They're just not going to win. They're going to make the playoffs. That was my thought at the time in January. They'll make the playoffs, but they're not winning the West. The Warriors are too good. Phoenix is too good. I said it on this show. Phoenix is too good. Golden State's too good at the time. The Lakers are not winning this. They're just not. They could get. They can get fully healthy. They're not winning it. Phoenix was just too good. Golden State was just too good. And from that point, from the beginning of 2022 to now, first week, almost the end of the first week of, of April, I noticed my belief in the Lakers slowly dwindle almost by the game. Almost by the game. Whether it was an AD injury, Russell Westbrook, LeBron, despite how great his season has been, also not being able to stay healthy at times during the regular season. And there there were times where I'd go, well, if LeBron stays healthy, but then he would stay healthy and the Lakers would still lose four games in a row. Still would struggle to win games. And by March, I came on this show and I said, there's a legitimate chance that not only will the Lakers not make the top six, that they'll have to fight to stay in the play-in. And still at that time, a month ago, I still would have told you, but they'll get in. They'll get in. But they're going to have to fight for it. It's not going to be easy. And then up until the last show, maybe two shows ago, but legitimately the last show, my thought was, oh my God, they're, they, they're, they might miss this. They might legitimately not make the play. Like they, this is legitimate. They are taking on water and there is no door for Rose to get on top of. They, there's no door. The, the Lakers are flooded right now and I don't think they're going to pl- be able to plug up the holes. And even in the back of my head, I still thought, but New Orleans, San Antonio, like, who's going to get in? Like, that was kind of my thought too. Like, but if it's not going to be them, who is it going to be? And it ended up being New Orleans. It ended up being San Antonio. What a job uh, Pop has done with a team that I didn't think had any shot at making the playoffs, especially midway through the season. But, and the Spurs won't last long, but here they are. They, they've gotten, they've gotten there. And the Lakers are sitting there with Portland, Sacramento, and and OKC, and Houston. And they're out. They are out. And the Lakers have nobody to blame but themselves. No one. No one to blame but themselves. They really don't. The way this team was put together during the offseason... They did not get enough depth on this team 
And it showed during the season with guys like Austin Reeves having to bail them out of games. But they also got guys that were injury prone to come in. And some of the moves they made during the season, I mean, the Rajon Rondo trade right now, how bad does that look for the Lakers? Holy smokes. Some of the moves they made. And honestly, I don't even think it comes down to Russell Westbrook. For me, it comes down to Anthony Davis and LeBron not staying healthy enough during the season. And and give credit to LeBron, at times by himself, he was keeping this season afloat. But I, I you know, for those that, you know, were praising LeBron for what he did, you know, to potentially put this team together during the offseason, and we cannot confirm that, but it's pretty clear. This really blew up in his face. This really blew up in his face. I mean, Russell Westbrook, as much as I love him, has to be in a better situation to thrive than this. And the other pieces that were brought in, and again, like I said, I don't put a lot of this on Westbrook. I really don't. This is on the front office. It's on the ownership. And if LeBron was consulted, I mean, this is on LeBron James too. It is. Has to be. He's the leader of this team. A lot of this has to go on LeBron. However, for everyone just blaming LeBron, you also have to blame this this Lakers front office and ownership for letting this happen. Absolutely shameful. This Lakers team should not be sitting where it is right now. There's 17 games under 500. As bad as it gets. And I'll tell you what, big changes are coming for the Lakers this offseason. Big ones. Big ones. This might be LeBron's last year with the Lakers. I could see him trying to find a way out. I don't know if they'll be able to do it, but LeBron... AD, Russ, I, I mean, something's got to happen here. I feel I felt bad for, for somebody like Frank Vogel. I mean, he couldn't keep a team on the floor for more than six games this year. The continuity level, which at times in the NBA, you know, you think about what Brooklyn's been through this season, but it still impacted them. They got to go through the play-in. And part of that's on Kyrie and his vaccination status. But still, the Nets paid a price for it. They they are not going to have home court throughout the playoffs. That will will likely hurt their chances. The Lakers would have had to do the same, but they couldn't even get into the damn play-in. It's probably one of the biggest Laker failures of our lifetime, if not the biggest. Right up there with that Dwight Howard, Kobe, Pau Gasol team that flopped. It, it, this this is on par, if not worse than that. It really is. This is a massive blow to this Lakers generation. I, I'm not sure what the Lakers will look like going forward the next few years. They put so much of this into LeBron. And that yet they got a title. Great. Good for them. They get a title out of it. But not much else. Not much else. It really is remarkable. It really, it, it's, honestly, it's stunning. 
the fact that the Los Angeles Lakers will not be playing in the playoffs or the play-in this year is stunning. And by the way, they only made the play-in last year too. They didn't even make it in the top six last year. They had to go through the play-in. They had to beat Golden State to go play Phoenix and lose in six games. So these last two years for the Lakers have been an utter failure. There's no question. No question about it. You can't sugarcoat this. You just can't do it. For the expectations this team had, they have utterly failed to meet them. So that's my piece. That's my piece. I mean, let me know what you think. I, I can't imagine many people would disagree with, with anything I just said, but but it is 2022. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But the rest of the West is fascinating to me. Lakers not being there for me is not a big deal. I know for, for most of America, it is a big deal. I know that, that you know ratings for the NBA might be hurt by not having LeBron in particular, almost as more as it, you know, not having the Lakers. Um, I, I think not having that big franchise and the league's most, you know, noteworthy player and arguably still the best. I, 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 although you can make the case LeBron's not the best player in the league anymore, but it will hurt nationally. But for me, I, I I'm just as excited just as excited for the NBA playoffs. I have no dog in the fight. So it's kind of like two years ago where I can kind of just, you know, just try to enjoy it a little bit more and enjoy it, you know, with some fans and and stuff like that. Remember two years ago, we were in the bubble. So we get to enjoy it with some fans this time as Knicks fans, but uh, it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Now, there's one thing that has not been determined yet in the West. Actually, I guess two things, technically. Uh, the Nuggets and Timberwolves still trying to figure out who's going to be in the play-in and who isn't. Nuggets have a two-game lead over Minnesota for that sixth spot. However, I believe Denver... I, 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 actually, I should say... I believe Minnesota has the tiebreaker here. So if Denver were to lose their last two and Minnesota were to win their last two, I believe Minnesota, sorry, yeah, Denver loses their last two and Minnesota wins their last two. So they make up the two games. I believe Minnesota gets the sixth spot if memory serves. I could have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's why it's not clinched yet for Denver. So... If Denver wins their next game, I believe they clinch the six. Uh, and they could still catch Utah. They're only one game back, but they're more likely going to probably end up as the six. Now, the other thing is Golden State's only a half game up on Dallas here with two games left. For for Dallas, three games left, I believe, for Golden State. Golden State needs to be careful here <laughs> because... They've been struggling quite a bit. Golden State's only won three of their last 10 games. They've really had a tough time of it, and particularly on the road. Golden State is now only a game above 500 on the road. Memphis has blown past them and clinched the two seed. They've been phenomenal. Memphis is legitimate going into the playoffs. They are a threat, no question about it. Remember I said earlier, 
Back in January, it was Phoenix, who are still the top seed, Golden State, and then everybody else, right? And and Phoenix is having a, a historic season. I don't think the franchise has seen this many wins ever. They've won 63 regular season games. They will likely add to that before the season ends. It's been a remarkable regular season for a team that many thought would fall off this season. But what did I tell you? Trust in Phoenix, and they have more than paid back that trust. Will they do it in the playoffs? I mean, that'll be that remains to be seen. Can they get back to another finals? I don't know. It's going to be a gauntlet, but I think they've got a good a good a chance as anybody. They've got home court throughout the entire playoffs, including the finals. So, I like to think Phoenix is is a favorite, if not the favorite, to win the title right now. So we will see how it plays out. But I will say this: Memphis is right there. Memphis is right there. They're as good as anybody in the NBA. They really are. They they played so well with John Morant in the lineup, right? But look at the numbers without John Morant. It's stunning. It's stunning how good Memphis has been, even when John Morant has been injured and not played this year. There's the, the Memphis is scary. Memphis is a very scary two seed in the West, and any whoever gets them in the play-in. Out of the playing, good luck. <laughs> good luck. And I'm telling you what, I'm telling you now, I'm telling you now, Denver would do well here to not be in the playing. That's all I'm going to say. Denver would do very well to hold on to that sixth spot. Because as good as Golden State is, I would take Golden State over Memphis or Phoenix right now. Holy smokes. You want to avoid those top two seeds in the West at all costs. At all costs. So we'll see. Not that Denver's a slouch. Not that Denver's a slouch. Let's be very clear. But those are probably your top two favorites right now. Phoenix and Memphis with Golden State probably just behind. Only just. It's remarkable what Memphis has done. So we we will see. But I'll say this. Dallas and Utah for a potential first round series in the West. uh, Sign me up. Sign me up for that. That is going to be a series, if you're on the East Coast at least, worth staying up for. Worth staying up for. Luca and Spida going at it. Yes, please. Yes, please to that. That is going to be a fun first round series. No question. Now, the play-in also has got a little bit of juice. Again, if it holds as it is right now, Memphis... Oh, goodness me. I've, I've had a few mix-ups like that. I apologize. Minnesota would play the Clippers. Winner would get Memphis. Loser would get either the winner of New Orleans and San Antonio. And the winner of that game would get top-seeded Phoenix in the first round. So if you're in the plane in the West, good luck. That That's all. <laughs> good luck would be my message to you. Uh, you are not going to last very long, most likely in these playoffs so however those playing games could still be fun minnesota hosting a playoff game would be awesome new orleans hosting a playoff game is gonna be awesome as well although that's not clinched yet i don't believe i think there's still a one game difference between the pelicans and the spurs pelicans gotta be a little careful spurs have won three in a row you don't want to have to go to san antonio in a winner take all game you want to win 
out here if you can and host that game because I, the the trend has been so far only one year sample size but the play-in has been kind to the hosts very kind to the hosts i think only memphis beating golden state was the only time a uh a home team lost in the play-in last year so it's vital for the the pelicans i mean the the, the timberwolves have it wrapped up they they're, they're they are fighting to get out of the play-in and i, I think if they do we'll, we'll see they'll, they'll play golden state most likely if not they'll play dallas and uh that would be a fun series. To be fair, there is a slight chance here if Golden State, you know, scuffles at the end here that they could get Utah in the first round. And that is not going to be easy. Golden State and the Jazz in round one, pretty juicy. And then that would leave Dallas potentially playing Denver in the first round of the playoffs. That is still Jokic and Luka. That is, that's pretty spicy as well. Some European flavor leading the night. So... That is another potentially good playoff series. The West doesn't fail to disappoint. It never fails to disappoint. But again, I'll, I'll end on this. If we if we are here next week on this show and we have Sixers-Nets in the first round in the East, I mean, I'll watch every game of that series. I'll watch every game of that series without fail from start to finish it'll have my full attention. You know how you know how you make up for not having LeBron and the Lakers? Pit the Nets and the Sixers against each other. Harden versus Simmons, Embiid versus Durant. Yes, please make it happen. Make it happen. For all of us, please. For all of us that can't have our teams in there, give us Sixers Nets. We'll be very grateful. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Thank you guys, as always, for listening to the show. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're staying safe. Hope you're able to get out and do a little bit more. Obviously, some uh, COVID restrictions, depending on where you are in the country, are starting to to get lifted. But again, stay healthy. That's the most important thing. Uh, Again, thank you always for listening. We'll talk more NBA playoffs. We'll talk more draft lottery and things like that next time. On the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting podcast network.